to be 57. Ah, I remember when I'm like, I wonder what it's going to be like to be 21. And then, you know, 16, I could drive. And then 18, 21, 25. Okay, 57. So anyway, that's over a half a century old, man. <laughs> yeah. Somebody said, wow, you know, you're... You're, you're half a century old. I mean, how many people do you know that live 100? I don't, I'm going to believe I'm going to 120. That's what I'm working on. I want to talk to you this morning. Uh, we started this uh, Santa series or Christmas series. We started last week with Home Alone. This week is uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And because of all of uh, the way life brings you now, I mean, all the stuff and the pressures of the ho- holiday and, and just life in general, uh, sometimes if we don't handle this right, we, we look at this, it's a wonderful life, we think about it, we'd like to have it, but how can we experience it? And that's part of my heart. We started this church. I mean, I would go to church every week, probably like many of you, and, and I would leave and think, man, that, that was a great message, but Monday's still coming and I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how that applies to me to make that happen or how I can make this thing work for me. And so that uh, that was part of my drive when God had to start True Life Church was just to give you purposeful things that you could go, you know what, I could do that. I could put light at the end of the tunnel. And man, that's half the, the battle is if you can go, you know what, if I can get there, I can get there because I can see some of that. So we're going to talk this morning about just pressures. Some of us have the pressures in being perfect. We're too afraid of what people think. What if we did this wrong? What if we said that wrong? Obviously, that doesn't seem to be the problem I have when I say things. Uh, uh, now, I might, uh, you know, we talk about it later, but we're, you know, when I'm saying it, I'm kind of out of reach, so it's all good. Um, but uh, so, you know, I want us to look at just some of the pressures that we, we put on ourselves because we want to do something that's so great and that everybody would be like, oh, I want to do that. How many have ever been on Pinterest? So I, I'm not really on Pinterest, but, you know, uh, they, they said, here's some, here's some ideas. Here's some epic Pinterest fails. <laughs> <laughs> Expectations and reality. I, I, that would probably be my cake, reality. Expectations. Some people are worth melting for. <laughs> here's another one. We'll get that one. <laughs> Somehow that word doesn't match the bottom picture. <laughs> Betty Crocker train cake. Nailed it. Mm-hmm. Check out the gummy worms on the side or whatever those are, I guess. You'll love this next one. <laughs> Sometimes we expect everything just to be great. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's mine. Kim still has this one time she was out shopping or somewhere and I decided when the kids were little, I'm going to get their photograph taken. And I took them out to that French store when it was still in town, J.C. Penois. They had the photo album back there. I thought I cleaned them up great. But the kids, I mean, they got smudges and my Zach's hair was like. You know, and they're just sitting there and we're going to stick them in there. And, you know, the people back there smile, you know, and then I were like, here you go. And Kim's just laughing. I love you, but why? (laughs) 
Anyway, um, you know, sometimes we do stuff and we, we just think we've got to do it this way. We've got to do it that way. Aren't you glad that God made individuals? And you were created and he is the only one that created you just like you. I mean, he, he made you and there's only one of you. Some of you are like, thank you, Jesus. There's only one of Brett. But still, there, you know, you have your own personality and you can enjoy a wonderful life. You can have life now. I don't want, you know, there's songs some of the old saints would sing, you know, when we all get to heaven and I get it, what a day that will be. That's great. And we want that. But don't you think we should experience some great things here? I don't want to just drag my feet all my life during here and then just think, well, once I finally get to heaven, I'll finally get to live. No, I I think God's plan is that we have some heaven on earth. Come on, somebody that we can enjoy the season and still be happy. Doesn't mean we have to have everything. We live in a society that does a lot of the one with the most toys wins. Whoever gets the most stuff wins. And we all know life isn't about stuff. It's, It's about just enjoying where you're at on the way to where you're going. The things that God wants us to do. It is true, though. How many know this? One man's junk can be another man's treasure. Sometimes people will say, I don't like that. I don't want that. And they'll throw it out. And you're like, can I have that? I've been looking for one of those. Uh, So, you know, a lot of it is with our perspective. It is how we view things or how we look on things. Most of the world lives in the moment. We're just going to do what we need to do now. Let's do it now. You know, especially this time of year, there are stores that will count on you living in the moment. Hey, if you buy all of this stuff right now, you got no interest for the next five years. They'll do that for you. But if you miss a payment, your interest, if you don't pay it off in that five years, you get the wonderful joy of paying all of the interest five years accrued. That's that's grown in that whole time. It's it's crazy. There'll be people that will go, and I'm not against, you know, well, I am. So, you know, sometimes they'll say, you know, hey, you can buy this, you can buy this TV for only $40 a week. Do the math. And for the next two years, and it'll be yours. 40 times 4 times 24. You have just bought a TV for you and three for Uncle Charlie and Aunt Esther. You know what I'm saying? You... There's, there's all kinds of things that you can get yourself in trouble with, but we live for the moment. And I think God wants us to enjoy the moment. I think we need to live in the time that we're at, but I think he wants us to use wisdom so that we can live on purpose. It's perspective. If we want to enjoy life and, and live it to its fullest, because our perspective is a direct line to how we respond or act. Proverbs 23, 7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's really important, you know, sometimes people are like, I just don't have those right thoughts. I don't have the thoughts that I need to have. But I'm telling you, Romans 12, 2 says, if we would just get with God, he'll help change the way we think. And we can think the things he wants us to think. And it'll please him. We'll know his will. And life could get better. That's, I mean, I read that scripture. I'm like, God, that's what I need. So if we could start thinking, we would process different. If we could think the things you know, and you're, Brett, I know, our thoughts are not his thoughts. Yeah, but if we're connected to him, we're going to figure out what he's thinking. So we just need to stay connected. Here's some mindsets that can stop us from having a wonderful life. Our past. We all have one. Some of you are saying, you know, it's not so good. Well, there's things in my past I'd like to just totally erase. 
past failures. We're just like, I can't get past that. Aren't you glad that the, uh, the, the God that is our God, Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't remember your past. Once you give that to him, he forgets it, he forgives it, and you can move forward. The enemy is very glad to throw it up in your face. And he'll do that. But God says, you know what, I love you. You've given that to me. I've covered that. Secondly, maybe the fear of possible letdowns. Well, I, I don't know, Brett. If I do that, this hurt me before. This could hurt me again. The other shoe could drop. People live in their life just waiting on something to happen. So they can say, see, I told you. Life and death is in your mouth. And just those thoughts of saying, I'm just, I'm, it's a fear of, I, I could get let down again. How about just the fear of the unknown? I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm just afraid. Can't do that. I'm just afraid. Can't go over there. Just afraid. There's a storm outside. Better stay here. Just afraid. We can't live our life in fear. And maybe what number four would be what our natural mind would do. Just the things that we can get in the realm of who we are. And remember the enemy in this world. That's where he tries to be king. And it's in all of that five sense realm. What you see, what you touch, what you smell, what you taste. He'll work on all of those things. Because then it'll get you out of faith. Because faith is in the supernatural. Things that you cannot see. Faith that God said, I've got hope. I've got this This you can do. But God, I can't see it. No, I can speak to that mountain. I can see it before I get it. You see, that's where God's at. God is calling you into a different walk. Not a funny walk. Not a funky walk. But a walk with him that says, you know what? It, it's going to be all right. You can have fun along the way. You can be yourself. Don't you like the things that make you you? Some of us see we don't because we went through life and we're hurt. And we just don't like. But there are some things about you that I know deep down you like. And that other people really admire. I'm going to ask you today that if you would let God take these other things, that those one things that, are, that you can relate to will come to the surface. During this time of year, there's all kinds of pressures. There's only so many shopping days till Christmas. You must get this. You must get that. I got an exchange gift. So-and-so's got to go here. We got to do this. The kids got to go over here. There's 17 parties you got to do. Oh, on the 12 days of Christmas, let your love get to me. (laughs) Now, I've shopped on Christmas Eve. It's almost like Black Friday. (laughs) Almost. But usually, you know, right now, you know, here's here's a revelation. Next year, Christmas is going to be on December 25th. I know. I'm letting you know now. Really? You know, just little things that you can do that will help you. And I'm just saying, we just, I just renewed my plates because they go by your birthday, right? And, and why they cost what they cost, I've, I'm sure the money goes for something. But um, but what she does in a budget, turn to your neighbor and say budget. She figures out what those will be. And then all she does every time we get paid, she takes like two bucks and puts it in that fund or whatever that is. And so when that comes, listen, you might say, oh, uh, this is now listen, I'm just giving you practical stuff. When it comes, we don't go, I can't get my place renewed. I don't know what I'm going to do because she has already worked that out and planned that to happen so when that comes i don't have to worry about it she doesn't worry about it it's already there 
Are you with me this morning? There's some things that you stress about. If you would just take care of, you wouldn't have to stress. See how quiet that is. Isn't that wonderful? But I'm speaking truth to you. You can do some things that'll change the way that you view and your perspective on things. You can make this a better time for yourself and that you can enjoy the holiday. There can be good things, but not everything is, is good or, or God. There can be a great thing to do, but not everything is always what God wants you to do. You're going to have to look at that and say, God, what do you want me to do? How do you do that, God? How, how should I do this? What do you want me to do? What's my part to play in this? Sometimes we get so many commitments, we can't, we can't keep them. We've stretched ourselves so thin. We need to make some changes. I want to experience a wonderful life now. John 10.10 10 says this. This is Jesus talking. It says, uh, I'm come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Now, the New Living tra- Translation is, well, my purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. The enemies come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I don't want the enemy to keep me from having the life I'm supposed to have. I'm going to give you four steps quickly to Wonderland because we want a wonderful life. Four steps to Wonderland. Give your neighbor a high five. Here's the first one. It's going to seem redundant because I talk about it all the time. But you need to put the word first. Put the word first. And it sounds almost counterproductive. Great. I've got 75 things on my list. Now you're giving me one more. I'm telling you, the 75 things aren't going to weigh as much as this one. They're not going to mean as much as this one. You need to put the word first. And the other things will take precedence over that. Then you can prioritize the other things. It sounds like I can't do that, but I'm telling you, if you put God first, it's going to make a difference. If you believe I don't have enough time, let's just say this, and as honest as we can, we make time for the things we really want to do. If you really want to do it, you'll make time. You know, um, I've said this before. My wife plays the keyboard and I could say, boy, I wish I could play the keyboard like that. But honestly, I've made no effort to try to learn piano or keyboard. So I'm saying that, but that's not really my actions aren't following that. Are are you awake this morning? So we're going to make time for the things that are really important to us. God needs to be first in your life. Matthew 633 says, seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. If you look at the scripture before that, the things it's talking about are the things the world wants. Not I'm not just talking about worldly things. I mean, just like, you know, you need food, you need money, you need things that you desire. Those kind of things that are good things that you have to have. God is saying, if you put me first, I'll take care of those things. You don't even have to worry about that. But we don't do that because we worry about the things we get them out of whack. This is putting God first. The word is what fuels your life. Without it, we coast along and we go only so far. And it's kind of like a bottle rocket. We just shoot out. And then sooner or later, we run out of gas. Life will become overwhelming. If you feel overwhelmed, there's a good chance that you need some more word. You need some more time with God. If we correct that and do what it says, it's amazing. I'm just going to say it's amazing. And, And one of the best teachers, I think, around today is Joyce Meyer. I think she's very practical. I think she's very good. And she gives you things like this because, you know, church has been really good about religion. We've been good about slamming people. You know, well, when you get saved, you need to read a book of the Bible every day. You need to read a chapter or a book. 
I'm just here to tell you, you ain't going to have time to read a book of the Bible every day. I mean, you can make the time, but half the time when I first got saved, I didn't know what I was reading. Are you in the building? I, especially, somebody hand me a, a King James. Thou shalt hither go yon and forth go thy forth. I'm just like, I have no idea what I said. I have no idea what I read. I don't know how to apply that to my life. I'm going to say, you have a translation you can understand. Get one you can understand. I got first, I had a King James, couldn't understand it. I'm not against King James, I just couldn't understand it. I didn't know how to do anything with it. And then somebody gave me a uh, the living translation of the Bible. The King James says this, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now me being the jock that I was, oh yeah, absolutely, is my wife Kimdrian? Yeah, yo, Kimdrian. I would be like, you know, why is he my shepherd? I don't want, you know what I'm saying? You're going to like, oh, this guy's a mental case. But the living translation said this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. I remember when I first read that, I went joy, rapture. Actually, I didn't say those words, but (laughs) I was just like, oh, now I get it. You see, sometimes just revelation is just understanding. Sometimes I can be talking or somebody can be talking to you. You might not get anything they're saying. Some ever get directions and you have no idea what the person's telling you. Well, you go down, you take two lefts and take a right and you just turn by the cracker barrel and you'll find it. I mean, you're like, I don't even know what your two rights and two lefts are. But if you can get somebody to go, you know what, you're going to find three lights and you're going to go down, you're going to pass two of them and you're going to, and they give you something you go, okay, I can see that I can do that. How many have ever got directions you couldn't follow and then found some that you could? I'm trying to tell you something. If you'll just put God first and say, you know, I don't have to read a book. I don't have to read a chapter. There'll be days you might just read a verse. There'll be days that maybe you didn't get a chance to grab your Bible, but you have known it enough that you'll grab some of your scripture that's down inside. Come on. It's inside here and you'll pull it out and you'll say, God, today is the day. God, today is the day. I thank you, Lord, for breakthrough today. Father, that you are a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It might be the day that you pull that out. Father, it says in 1 Peter 2.24, by your stripes, I'm already healed. You might not have to read that there because God said this. He said, no longer will I put it on tablets of stone, but I will write it on their heart. Has God written anything on your heart? You want to live a wonderful life, then you got to get God inside and put him first. Because the enemy, do you know how valuable the word is? Have you ever seen the hiding place? Think about that. There are people that were taking the scripture, the pages and making. There's some people made cigarette wrappers out of the pages. And there's other people that just like and they would douse that stuff out because they if they could just get a page, they could get a page and read it. They couldn't get a, bo- a Bible because they'd confiscate it, but they could hide a page or they could and they could read that and it would bring life. It would start breathing into them because God would start writing things on their heart. You can live a wonderful life if you put him first. Here's number two. There's always going to be ex- unexpected things, so you got to put the enemy out. There's going to be times when the enemy is going to come in just to try to derail you. He's just going to try to get you off course, off path, whatever it is. And you'll be able to know because God's first if it's the enemy or it's just, you know, there's people, oh, this demon of traffic. 
Well, sometimes you live in a city and it's Christmas Eve. There's going to be traffic. Or it's 12 o'clock. Well, why is everybody in line here at Chipotle? Because they're hungry. (laughs) So some stuff you're just going to have to go, Father, I thank you. You know, you're going to have to put the enemy out. There's going to be times that there'll be things that you know are an attack from the enemy. And you're going to have to stand on that and say, God, and he's going to tell you this is just an attack. I'm going to tell you, he's going to tell you, this is just an attack. The enemy comes in, and one of the biggest things he's going to use is fear. There have been times, I'm telling you, I've been on staff and whatever, and and the enemy's tried to flood me with fear. And I've seen things, and I've, I've been like, oh my gosh, Lord, that scares me. And the Lord would speak to me, and he said, it's just the enemy. This is what he's telling me, it's just the enemy. Like, You know, it's no big deal. It's just the enemy. Why? Submit, James 4, 7, they'll put it up on the screen. If you submit yourself to God, the enemy's got to go. Jesus is saying, look, it's just the enemy. You're going to have to put him out. But to sound like an airline stewardess, please note that submission is required before departure. (laughs) Before he has to go, he has to know who you're submitted to. He has to know who is the king. Who's the one that you're submitted to? Who's the one that you have the authority given to you that you can say, listen, I'm submitted to him. You're going to deal with him, but I'm going to be the one giving you the dealing here. Because he's going to deal with you through me. That was worth an amen there. He's going to deal with the enemy, but he's going to use you to do it. You're going to have to put the enemy out. Because he doesn't volunteer to go. (laughs) He doesn't do it on his own. He has to be forced. Here's number three. Guard your mind. Put a guard on your mind. There's going to be stuff all around you. Media isn't always saying the good stuff. I mean, I get it. They got to do news. But sometimes news is blown out of proportion i don't usually hear a lot of good some of you maybe are like i'm diligent i've got to watch the six o'clock and the 11 o'clock news this could be something that maybe is not something you want to i don't like to watch the news i will watch the news from time to time during something but i i don't like to watch the news although i do like to find out what's going on but i can only take so much of that just just guard your your mind i'm not telling you not to watch the news I'm just telling you to put a filter, okay? Put a filter. Um, so guard what you watch, guard what you think about. Make quality decisions to protect your mind and heart. Quality decisions to protect your mind and heart. Because what you see and think about, much of the time, is going to direct your heart or your actions. So if you're going to spend time meditating on stuff, make it good stuff. I have people all the time that, <clears throat> that say, you know, Brett, I don't know how to meditate. Do you know how to worry? Oh, yeah, I worry a lot. Well, you know how to meditate. You're just doing it on the wrong stuff. So now you've got to replace that. Philippians 4, 8 is talking about just, you know, whatever, what things are good, what things are, have good rapport that are good for you. I'm going to think on these things. What are you telling me, Brett? I'm telling you you're going to have to change your thought pattern. If you're in a rut and and the enemy is just coming in, you're going to have to guard your mind. What's that mean? You might have to get up and do something different. 
You might have to change the channel or turn the TV off or decide, hey, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to get my mind on something else. Help me this morning. I'm going to have to do something because this is more important to not let access for the enemy in my life to change the things that I need. I need God in my life to such a way that I can enjoy my life and I can do it in a wonderful way. But you can only do that if you start putting up those borders. Those things that are just like, these are, these are no crossing zones. Kim and I have talked about just stuff like, these are just no-brainers. These are things that you do not do. Here's things that we, you know, even though, how many know they can seem innocent, but you would just do your best to make sure everything is right? You're nodding at me, a couple of you. The ones I can see, the lights are kind of like, <laughs> Guard your mind. Proverbs 4, 20 and 23 says this. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now think about what we're saying. These are all scriptures lined up together. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. So you may have to make some decisions at some things that just like, you know, we were just talking last night. There's a, I'm not even going to tell you the movie, but Kim and I have been, I, I like going to movies. It just depends on the movie, but I like going to movies. And I remember we were in a movie and it was packed. I mean, it was packed. There was no seats. I, I don't remember seeing any, hardly any available seats. It was back in the nineties and uh, we were in the movie and we sat there and the, and the movie was only rated PG and, but I was, I was getting offended at the movie and, uh, and so I turned to her and I just said, I, I can't take this anymore. I don't want this. And, and you know what she was doing? Listen to me, guys. She was waiting on me. That's what she was doing. She didn't tell me. Now, girls, you could tell them. <laughs> Sometimes we need help. <laughs> hey, Brutus, time to go. Okay. <laughs> anyway. I just said, let's go. And we, we had set, we got there early because, you know, you, you got to see the previews and stuff, you know. So we, we were in the middle, like top middle. And, you know, I got popcorn. I got pop. I am happy until all this stuff was going on. I said, I can't take this anymore. She's like, all right, let's go. We got up and we had to, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Almost looked like MC Hammer. Can't touch this. <laughs> So, true, true story. And I mean, and there's people that got their feet up on the next chair and they're doing, oh, oh. And, you know, I'm just a guy and I'm like, move it. Because, you know, I'm already, I'm upset now because now I paid for money and I'm not liking it. I'm leaving. And so I'm doing my best to keep my witness all the way out. And we got out and there's people, I could hear them gasping. <gasps> they're leaving? They're leaving? Oh, they're leaving. What are they leaving for? Oh, who are they? <laughs> Can I just say, people are going to talk no matter if you stayed or if you left. Don't matter. What it matters, listen, it matters because it matters to you. What's God telling you? For us, I want my life to be more wonderful than I needed to make that choice because I was not, inside, I was just not enjoying and I thought, why am I sitting here for this? Now, listen to me. This happened again. Uh, at another time, I was with my sons. And we went to a movie together. And we didn't know, you know, all that was going to be in the movie. Well, 
in this particular movie, the the profan- you know, it's just not good. And it, and again, it wasn't it wasn't rated R, it's PG thirteen, but evidently they're allowed so many things or whatever. So be be selective about what you see. But I remember being in that movie, and I looked at my boys, and again, the movie was fairly full, and I just looked at him, and and this is what my son Zach said. He goes, "You want to go?" I said, "I do." And Sam and Zach and I, we just cool. We just got up and we got out. Now, listen to me. We got outside and I'm ticked because I felt like I just wasted my money. And now my boys, we came out to see a movie. We're going to go do it together. And we were having some bonding time. And I looked at my son, Zach, and he was upset. And I thought, now, listen, I'm I'm trying to be as transparent as I can. The enemy immediately tries to tell me, you have so blown it. I mean, you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's just giving me all these lies, hitting my head, poo, 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 like that. And we got outside. And this is what I said to Zach. I said, son, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll make it up to you guys. We'll go do something else or we'll, we'll go to another movie on another day. We'll schedule, let's, you know, like this. And this is what he said to me. And, and I'm, I'm just telling you flat out. This is what he said. He said, dad, I'm not mad that we got up. I'm mad that you wasted money on this. It was good that we got up. What I'm trying to tell you is my mind, because the enemy was flooding me with thoughts, was telling me this. But the truth is there was a wonderful life going on. There was something wonderful going on in that. And I just looked at him and I mean, I think my eyes probably welded up with tears and just to be like, I mean, it just rocked my world right then. Listen to me, church. You got to make up your mind to say, God, you are number one and I'm going to guard my mind with what you give me. I'm going to guard my mind with what the enemy tries to put in front of me. There's going to be certain things. That ain't happening. That ain't getting in. Ain't doing that. Talk to the hand. You can be Diana Ross for one day. (laughs) If you're battling constant stress, there's a good chance there are too many things after your attention. You're going to have to prioritize. God, what do you want me to do today? What's your agenda? Kim and I talk every morning. What, you know, what's on the agenda this day or this week? And now our staff meetings are all, we've changed them and we're, we're uh, dreaming of, okay, here's what we're going to do. And here's, you know, here's what I feel the Lord wants us to preach. And let's, let's dream about this. How do we do this? What are some things? I didn't come up with Pinterest ideas. I'm never on Pinterest. That to me, I'm like, I'm on Pinterest. I'm not going to do that. I just don't do it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Ask God what he's directing you to do and do that. God, what do you want me to do? I'm going to do that. Tell me what you want. I'm going to do that. And everything else is subject to being moved down the ladder or changed depending on what God speaks to you. And you do that. Because all of the other things, come on, are going to be added to me if I'm putting him first. John 14, 27, he says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. How many want peace of mind and heart? It's hard to experience if we don't give this stuff to God. I want peace of mind and heart and and peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. You can't get this at Walmart. You can't get it at Myers. You're not going to get it online at Amazon. What would you like? I like peace. And no, you're going to get it from God. So don't be troubled or afraid. Here's our last point for this morning. You're going to have to put yourself in charge. 
You're going to have to put yourself in charge. In other words, God is in charge of you and you are doing the bidding of the king. You are doing what, that's why I said to the king, for the king. Because you have the authority to do what God has called you to do. You have the anointing because the anointed one lives in you to do what God has called you to do. So you are in charge. The problem with the world is we don't want to be accountable. Everybody else is at fault but us. But God's not going to do what you can do. I'm going to say that one more time. God is not going to do what you can do. I said this before. I'm going to tell you again. For years, I mean, we've been married 32 years. Good job. That's right. We've been married 32 years. 32, baby. 32. Anyway, 32 years. And... Um, <laughs> When we first were dating, you know, she came to my bodybuilding contest. I, would, I was going around in, in contests, and she, she came and, and saw those and all that. So I was in good shape. I've prayed for years for God to send an angel to shave fat off my body. But he wouldn't do it. The angel didn't come. The fat angel never visited me. <laughs> Ron Popeil for 1995 never came and said, here, do that. But what I'm is his name Popeil? Okay, there you go. But um, so what I had to do is I had to be in charge. I had to finally say, you know what, I got to make some changes. And it's not that I didn't make changes throughout the year. I did. And they would be very temporary because I would always fall back. Anybody ever fall back? I get it. You know, and we're not perfect. And I understand I'm not asking you to be perfect. But what I'm saying is I had to take accountability of who I was. Now, Cliches I've used before, but I'm just going to use them this morning. The Bible says that you are the temple. I was becoming a small chapel. You get on the scale one at a time, please. The scale says to you. But, you know, so I, I, I wasn't feeling good. There was things that were happening. Our church had a softball league. And these are things that made me finally make up my mind. And Scott can tell you, I, I remember, and Rod could even tell you, I, I told her, because I am, I am a competitor. I can play hard or I can goof off. It's hard for me to play in between. Very hard for me. So, you know, at, at church picnics, and many of you, if you've been there and I was playing, we played volleyball, I would dive, I'd break my cell phone. I went through, I don't know how many cell phones. Because every time we'd have a picnic, she'd be like, give it to me. Because I... <laughs> So I told her, I said, listen, if I'm going to play softball, she said, I don't want you diving. I said, I won't dive. I won't. And I didn't. I didn't. I mean, and it was the, one of the last plays of the game. And all I did was simply the ball went over my head. I thought, I'm going to jump and try to get that ball. And it was way over my head. I jumped. I couldn't get the ball. I didn't fall. I didn't. I, there was a couple times I could have dove for something. I didn't because I wanted to honor her. I said I wasn't going to dive. That would not have been pretty anyway. But I couldn't reach the ball, and I came down, and I landed. I didn't fall, but something felt funny on my knee. That was the last game I played that season. And Scott made me a third-base coach. Because I, I, I couldn't hurt. I was, some of you will remember, I was limping. I couldn't. I don't know. Because I just was too heavy. There was just too much pressure on my joints and stuff like that. Then it just, things like that just messed with me. The next year was this last year. And, uh, and I hit the ball a few times, but I ran around the bases, pulled a hamstring. And I mean, it, it all got to be, we're like, this isn't what God's best is for me. And so all that stuff is beginning to, and that wasn't the enemy. How many knows there's a difference between condemnation and conviction? 
15 of you might. <laughs> Condemnation is this. You are so such a loser. You are never going to do. Conviction is, Brett, this is, there, there can be better for you. I've got some better things for you. Make these small changes. Little changes, my friend, make big, big differences. So I started saying, all right, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to take accountability. You know, the first time I got on the scale, I didn't like it. No, I don't think the scale did either. (laughs) But I didn't like it, but I had to start somewhere. And I had to look at at some of that right in the face and say, okay, what are my changes? What do I got to do? And so I, I, I started doing that. My point is this. You have to be in charge of you. It doesn't matter what someone else is doing. If that's what you're supposed to do, you can do that. I get it. But you have to say, God, what is the plan for me? Is it something I can do? Is it something they could do? Could we help each other? You could do that. That's fine. But what I'm telling you is you've got to be accountable for you. You want to have a wonderful life. God, what do you want me to do? And here's what we, we struggle with. God gives us stuff to do, and we don't want to do it, and then we wonder why we're miserable. He won't talk to me. I've asked him, and he won't talk to me. Let me ask you this. What's the last thing he said to you? If you didn't do what he said last, why is he going to tell you something different? I'm almost finished. This is going a little different than first service. There's a story in the Bible, Mary and Joseph. And they took Jesus to town. Could you imagine being the parents of Jesus? I mean, would that like be like cool? Think about pressure. You better come. You boy, you better come. Oh, I can't say that to you, can I? I mean, how do you correct the son of God? I mean, you better get get up. Of course, he probably would just be. Yes, mother. You know, I don't know. I mean, that would be just how would you do that? But anyway, they go to town. They do the things they do as custom. They leave and he's not with them. Three days go by and she can't find him. Now, I know there's mamas in the building. Dear Jesus, I'm telling you what, if, if my kids were gone for three minutes, this mama would know. But, you know, Mary, evidently, she's busy. Joseph has a good time we had. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Oh, did you like Aunt Martha's feast? Oh, it was wonderful. You know, I don't know what they're talking about, but now all of a sudden, where's Jesus? It's almost like Kevin in Home Alone. Kevin! <laughs> now, listen, this is the whole point I'm trying to make. The whole point is this. Sometimes we can't figure out where God is in our life because God has gotten where he's not first. And so we've had all these things that separate us. It's not that he's not in our life. He's just not first. Where did she find him? The last place she saw him. She had to go back, trace her steps back and found him back teaching the teachers. Remember the story? My point to you is this, my friends. If you're wondering about your wonderful life and you want to have a wonderful life and God is not first, was there a time in your life when he was? Revisit that. What were you doing? What did you do to make that happen? I know it sounds so simple, but it really, it's going to take you being in charge. But if you'll go back and start prioritizing, God, I'm just going to move you right here. And the rest will just fall in place. And if you'll put God number one, great things are going to happen. Does that mean, you know, people sometimes, well, if I did that, then I expect God to. No, this is what this isn't about what God is going to do for you. This is just about you loving God and putting him first. 
because now he's not going to write things on stone. According to the Bible, he's going to write them on your heart. And if you'll put God first and you'll go back to that spot. And if you're saying, I've never had that spot. Well, today's the first time then. And we'll give you the chance to do that. You just make him number one. And it's amazing. The things that will feel different. The things that will make you feel different. The things that will happen. I, I want to enjoy life along the way. You know, a lot of my life and probably yours as well, there have been seasons where I haven't enjoyed the journey. Because I've been too wrapped up in those four mindsets. Past, fear of failure, unknown, natural mindset. What if God was saying, I got that. I got you covered. You want to have a wonderful life? Put him first. Do the things that he's asked you to do and put yourself in charge. You know, we live in a society that likes to blame everybody else. There's people that say, I ate five Big Macs and I got fat. It's McDonald's fault. There's people that have sued McDonald's because their coffee was hot. Okay, what's wrong with this picture? I got one small video clip to show you here in just a second, but this is what, before we play it. Our mindset lives in a world mindset if we don't guard it. And the things that a lot of times the world thinks are important aren't as important as the world puts emphasis on them. I get the privilege of doing not only weddings, but I get the privilege of doing funerals. I'm not saying I like all of that in some ways, but I can tell you this. It's not the one with the most most stuff wins. There's no U-Haul. Whatever you have, you cannot take with you outside. But what you have inside will ride with you through eternity. The things that aren't good, we give to God. The things that are good, we receive from him and we experience the good life. You don't have to have a wallet full of money to be rich. And I do believe prosperity is is what we should have. And I'm not talking, you know... I, I'm not getting all crazy about, I'm just saying, I think you should be able to pay your bills. I think you should, you know, your faith level should bring uh, where people are like, man, God is just doing, how are you doing what you're doing? It's God. I could ask for witnesses in here. I don't know how I'm going to tithe. And that people do, I have all these bills and they put God first and then other monies come in and things start happening. That's God putting him first because all these things will be added. The clip I chose to show you is this, and I love this particular clip because this whole story starts with George Bailey wanting to bail on Bedford Falls. Remember the story. And all he wants to do is get out of Bedford Falls to go and live life. But actually, God had a plan for him in Bedford Falls. And that whole movie plays out where he didn't think he was doing anything of value. But if you watch the movie, because of his life, all of these other lives were affected. I just wonder... How many George Baileys are in the room? I'm looking at the richest people in town. Watch the video.
Would you stand to your feet and bow your heads, please? The prayer team is going to be up here, so if you need extended prayer or just need somebody just to pray with you and just agree with you and celebrate with you, maybe your choice. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know what, Brad, I, I want to experience a wonderful life and I want to start today. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life or would like to uh, 